0: You're listening to the Salty Sex Cast with Pamela and Mariah.
1: Yeah, and what's puberty?
0: The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram
2: will help. Hello! Hello.
0: We are not quite on sync, but that's okay. Do Everyone you want to try again? No.
3: No. <laughs> well, some days we're going to be off, and Yeah. it's okay. It's true, and, and it's been a couple weeks yeah. since we got together, so we had to... Reschedule, but um, thanks for listening, you guys. Thanks for coming back and listening to another episode of the Salty Sex Cast. And um, I want to know, Mariah, like, what's been up with you lately? I heard rumors that you had a little bit of girl fun. And yeah, I want to know more.
0: Yeah. Well, first big thing, I got a new job, so I'm really, really excited. Oh, and so I'll just great. say that I am will be working at a university. I don't want to say which university, but I'll be. Full-time there and really excited for that. But another really big fun (laughs) thing, and it's been nine months coming, is Abby and I had our, like, one-on-one sex date night. Sex date night. Sex date night. We went and got sushi and then fucked in the hotel. (sighs) (laughs) But we, you know, we had a bath, a bubble bath, and watched a movie and some wine and chocolate it's just all the best girl things. all
3: the best girl thing so what why did it take you nine months to make this happen
0: um I think some of it was like I was a little tiny bit scared
3: what were you scared of I don't know
0: well I've never been with a woman one-on-one and honestly like Abby's already taught me so much anyway about like being with a woman mm-hmm. and 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 it's kind of hard and scary because I went into this threpple with Justin. Like, we always had done it together. Yeah. So kind of being, doing it without him. So that was kind of new and different. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of just a fun, exciting thing. And that was something, like, even when we were meeting, first meeting Abby, like, hadn't even met her face to face. And just talking about her, she had said... Do you think your wife would ever want a date, like, one-on-one? So she was, like, this has kind of been, like, and Something I say nine months, wanted. but it's been since December, November that we first start talking. Oh. So, yeah, it's been a while. It's yeah. almost been a year, actually. We say nine months, but we're just kind of stuck yeah. on that,
3: Yeah, I guess, but... And how did Justin feel about it?
0: And um, support? He was the one who set it up. So he okay. paid for the hotel. It was really, really sweet oh. and stuff. But, yeah, I think just going through a few things and all of us kind of had some different expectations going through... Um, I went in with just like, I'll take what I get. And this is such a new thing. So I had no expectations. So mm-hmm. I think I had the most pleasurable experience because I didn't have yeah. anything that like, yes, I could check that box or no. Yeah. And no so, disappointments. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like going into something so new is so healthy just to kind of be like,
3: okay. Yeah. I'm open to the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, I'm not going to write a script for it. Yeah. That's great.
0: Yeah. So it was really, really fun and I was really proud. I didn't overindulge in sushi because I didn't want to feel all bloated. <laughs> I know that's silly, but, like, I no, love I understand. sushis. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: That's a decision that I've made in the past. Like, I can't have too much of whatever it is that we're yeah. doing, even though I love it. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Because you're going to have sex.
1: Yeah, because I'll end up feeling bloated. <laughs> and lately it doesn't take much. So.
3: Yeah, that's why I like yeah. the
0: bubble bath. and just kind of, like, let things <laughs> digest so I'm all not the so bubbles bloated. bubbles come up. Yeah. But anyway. It's good. Yeah, it's fun. Anything new with you or just here to be
3: beautiful? Oh, you know I'm always here to be beautiful, Hello. Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we uh, we have a cool guest today, so we should probably um, start asking some good questions. Yeah, so I'll introduce our guest a little bit. Our guest is going to go by a pseudonym,
0: and she is out of camera, but Kyla is our uh, rec- licensing for a second. <laughs> that was not in, like, registered nurse. Yeah, so licensed <laughs> therapist. We're going to ask you a couple of questions because we've had questions and we've had a lot of different viewpoints on this one subject. And it's one that is really shrouded in shame and darkness and judgment. Um, so to hear an expert's opinion kind of is going to be really exciting to see that but, or to hear that. Some people can see it, I guess, <laughs> if you're patron. Um, but pedophilia. People just even, when they hear that word, hate it and cringe, um, what comes up for you? What's maybe some of the things that you've
2: researched, experienced, things like that with that? Um, So that one, even as a licensed therapist, was really, really hard for me. The first um, sex offender in general that I had um, gotten on my caseload, like, my face was going red while I was meeting with him. My heart was pounding. Like I wanted to like reach over and beat the shit out of him. Mm. Um, and I remember like, as soon as the client left, like going to the clinical supervisor, like what the fuck, why would you do this to me? Um, but, um, after meeting with him for months, Like, I would forget that he was even a sex offender because he had reformed while he was in prison. And, like, he just wanted to be normal. And it got really easy to just forget that that was even a thing and that he just wanted to, you know, make up for his past and live a normal life.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot. I'm going to say this in a non-judgmental way. I've heard a lot of things on social media lately about um, pedophilia being a sexual orientation. Can you speak to that?
2: So um, I can speak to that, but I think um, the American Psychological Association, as well as um, the creators of the DSM-5, Um, and the associations involved can speak to it even better, um, and that is that it is not a sexual orientation. There was um, a little slip up in the DSM-5, and this may be where that started, where they um, said if somebody does not meet the um, full characteristics of a pedophilia um, diagnosis, um, that they um, are actually um uh oriented
3: that way. So can you I need you to explain that like
2: more so thoroughly cuz that is so confusing. Okay. So they 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 called it a sexual orientation mm-hmm. in the DSM-5. They Which later is, but Sorry, the DSM five. Will you explain it for everyone who's the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual um, that we go off of to diagnose? My bad. Sorry. Yeah. No. Sorry. I
3: I missed that too because I'm Um, like I
2: know what that is. I've been to therapy for (laughs) years. So, um, they they actually have made public statements to say that is not what they were meaning by that. They were just meaning an interest. They had an interest in. Um, children but we're not acting on it so they publicly come out and said absolutely not it's not a sexual orientation that is not what we meant okay great So thank you for clarifying that (laughs) yeah because I think that's where
0: a lot of people are getting really angry and I mean social media is just so ugly right now and so that's I love that we're taking the time to kind of talk about it and really
2: so yeah before we actually get into it i want to do a little bit of an activity i want to get get you and our viewers into a and listeners um (laughs) into a mindset so please play along okay so i want you to just take a minute preferably shut your eyes okay and just picture the person that you love most in life
3: that's really hard for me i'm Polly. use a kaleidoscope
2: in your do mind. You, do you have a <laughs> child, maybe? I have three. Uh, who, who's your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! I won't make you do that. You he knows. You, <laughs> know. <laughs> 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 just um, you, you don't have to tell me who it is. I just want you to picture that person and kind of, you know, give me a signal that when you're ready. Okay. Now I want you to picture that you get a phone call that this person has committed pedophilia that they are in jail for committing that crime how does that make you feel heartbroken
1: confused
2: super angry
0: like betrayed betrayed yeah
2: did anybody question if that person actually would have done it or if that was maybe a mistake
0: I think yeah like instantaneous like I want to know the details first what how when you know and i think just
3: to wrap my brain around it yeah i think that like um the first thing i would do is come to their defense probably
2: um i wouldn't want to believe it so that's the average response to that um but when it's somebody we don't know what do we do i assume it's true Mm-hmm. and what what do we do to those people vilify them so as we go through these things i want you to just keep in mind that it could be somebody that you know somebody that you love it could be a child it could be a spouse um it could be a, a another family member or a close friend who ends up committing these and actually in all reality if it's going to happen to to one of your children that's probably where it's going to be going to be a family member yeah family member or close friend close friend yeah um so just keeping that in mind um can help us humanize that just a little bit um most um pedophiles do have a history of um childhood sexual abuse against them as well um and it doesn't Mean that it makes it okay by any means, um, but um, they're they're victims as well, mm-hmm. and they need help as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's another big
0: reason why we even have this podcast too is just to show that like there's so many different things that happen to people and um, and bringing that human component back in, so.
2: Um, so, uh, with, with that, we have, um, different, uh, types of sex offenders. I know, uh, when you had a, when you had Mike on, Mm -hmm. um, he mentioned that, um, he had, um, assaulted his, uh, Stepdaughter. Stepdaughter. Um, who um, was post-pubescent. There is a difference between a uh, prepubescent and post-pubescent uh, um, assaults. It does not make it any better for the, the victim by any chance. Um, but what it can um, be is um, just a distinction. Um, so for... Um, Pre and post pubescent. So, um, as far as perpetration goes, um, they actually did a study at one point, and they had um, pictures of adults that looked a little bit younger, and they showed some pictures, and they would say like, oh, this one's 18 or this one's 20, and then they'd also say like, this one's 16 or this one's 14, um, and when told that that the um, picture was under 18 people would be like nope not attractive mm. however they were monitoring their vitals and the vitals didn't lie it showed attraction um, and so it's not necessarily so
3: people who weren't registered sex offenders yep. just a general just study general people
2: okay. yep. um, so what this shows us is um, that it's pretty normal to be attracted to somebody who looks like they're an adult and they are fully matured, mm-hmm. um, we have put those um, rules in place to say that 18 is the cutoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that was a different age, there people would, you know, be dating 16-year-olds, right, pretty regularly and whatnot. Most likely from the, the study,
3: right. Or if we raise the age, or right. If we, raise and if we the said age. the age if of adulthood it it is was 20. 21,
2: yeah. yeah um then we'd probably get the same responses yeah Yeah. um so um so what i'm trying to say with that is it's pretty normal to find somebody who has already matured to be attractive Mm -hmm. still not okay to perpetrate on them by any means um but it's okay to you know if like somebody hits on you know, a seventeen-year-old, and it's like, oh, they're seventeen. Oh, my bad, bye. Yeah, um, <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> I've seen so that. Happens. I think <laughs> before. So what you're
3: saying is, there's nothing wrong or abnormal about that attraction, right? It's, it's just acting, acting on it,
2: on it. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, which is very different from pedophilia, which is uh, prepubescent. Okay. Um, prepubescent, um, is an attract attraction to somebody before they have those normal sex features that an adult would find attractive
3: okay and we don't know what causes that uh, initial attraction right like we know that a lot of um p- pedi- sorry what do you call them pedophiles, Pedophili- pedophiles thank you <laughs> <The word. laughs> i should have wrote it on the board <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um we know that a lot of pedophiles um like you said, were abused themselves. And so they're just like perpetuating the cycle. But, you know, what what started all of this? Do we know?
2: Um, We don't have any like hard and fast, like this is what causes it. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some distinct brain changes that happen in uh, trauma victims in general. Um, So your prefrontal cortex, which is your logic and reasoning center, tends Mm -hmm. to shrink down. And your amygdala tends to increase in size. Yeah, they have uh shown this in um, and
0: that's the urging like urges, yes, of amygdala. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's
2: that's going to be cravings, your emotions yeah. and your cravings. That's going to be uh, like your primal, that's yeah. like your reptilian brain, mm-hmm. as some people call it. Yeah, um, and so, um, before about the age 25, that prefrontal cortex has some development but it's not fully developed um and it's basically gonna like revert some of those things back um if that happens really early then it can stop some of that development from happening that's needed for you know logic and reasoning Mm -hmm. um but um they're acting on like impulses and emotions more often um if if that's going on with their brain um, they have also um, done so uh, the ACEs study 17,000 people took this study um, which is huge like for, for a study to be considered um, ethical you only need like 42 people so it's a huge study and what they found was um, trauma increases the chance of all sorts of like physical, mental health, um, emotional, um, problems. Um, one of those things is, um, addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, addiction can lower, um, impulse control, um, and, um, make you less inhibited, which can also, um, make it easier to act on some of those primal urges for a child. Um, if they don't have that barrier to know, like, this is not okay.
3: Mm -hmm. So if the trauma causes this physiological problem, right, do we have any kind of therapy for that? Like, how is talk therapy ever going to solve that problem?
2: Um, It's probably not, unfortunately. Um, So I actually pulled up some treatment options just from Google to see – what google said was a treatment um cognitive behavioral therapy which Mm -hmm. it sounds like uh, mike had gone through um for some people cognitive behavioral therapy can be super super helpful Um, but it
3: also sounded like mike didn't really suffer from the kind of trauma no that causes a lot of people to act on pedophilia so
2: um unfortunately the general consensus in the um therapeutic community is you can't fix it okay um at least not yet meaning um we have not found a good treatment that works um the the most widely used treatment which isn't even legal in um every state would be chemical castration and that yeah um that that would involve um giving estrogen so that it um kind of takes away that testosterone drive.
3: See, I don't really see that as a treatment, do you?
0: No, it's a band-aid off of something that's super like yeah. you can still perpetrate even
2: without. So, and that's the issue if they um if they are predatory um perpetrators, it's not at least fully about the sex drive. Um, Absolutely. It's about about that control piece and the psychological piece. Yeah. And so like our heavy, heavy perpetrators are not going to be affected by chemical castration. Right.
3: It just seems so unethical to me anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
2: Um, so some of the other things like relapse prevention is one of the things listed, which um, the psychological community has said, like, doesn't work in this case. Um, aversion therapy um masturbatory uh, satiation or orgasmic uh reorientation which would require child porn so like obviously not ethical right. um to use um group therapy like can you imagine um a child um ped- a pedophile coming into any type of group and seeing that be a Uh, successful for them considering like what Mike had to deal with in jails and whatnot.
3: Well, you'd have to have a group purely of sex offenders. Right. And then
2: the issue with that would be um, levels of offenders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um,
3: They don't make a distinction between the predatory offenders and someone who's like urinating in public, for example. Right.
2: And um, unfortunately, like all of them all get lumped into one thing are all just sex offenders. Um and
3: so part of the uh, issue is that we need to fix the system and how we see these people yes. before we can give them the treatment that they need.
2: Yes. Um so I do think that most likely um working with an in- individual one by one preferably before they perpetrate is going to be the best bet. Um Mike had mentioned before that there's a concern that after you perpetrate um, that there is consequences. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a mandatory reporter. you tell me that you perpetrated on a child, you will get reported. yeah. Um, that being said, um, I do think it's also important to be really honest. So if you have perpetrated and you're wanting to get that help, I think you also need to accept the consequences that are coming.
3: Yeah,
0: is there help for um, someone who has noticed that thought pattern and those urges, and are just really, you know, like Mike did talk about understanding. He recognized it, re- recognized it, but felt like he couldn't even reach out. Even he's like, I haven't done anything, but if I just said the thoughts are there, was I going to get in trouble?
2: You will not get in trouble for just having thoughts if, um, if you are um, grooming in any way um mike did mention some grooming behaviors before he actually uh perpetrated if there are grooming behaviors i'm still gonna report yeah um but if it's just hey i'm having these thoughts it really freaks me out i want to get help yeah then they need to be able to get that help um and the best route to go is probably going to be to go to a sex therapist Mm -hmm. um because they do have some training in. in different sex disorders in general.
3: What are the consequences for grooming behaviors?
2: Um, likely it's going to be a visit from DCFS to make sure that it's a safe home, okay. which is um, Division of Child and Family right. Services since it is different. So they'd state. be at
3: risk of losing their children or their custody of their children.
2: Yeah. Potentially, yeah. Um, so I think part of this is also in the home so um a stepfather walking into the bathroom with his naked stepdaughter is not appropriate even if he ha- he did not have any sexual um intentions there um there were behaviors that were already crossing the line before he even realized he was crossing the line um it's a stepchild like there needs to be some of those boundaries if like a child needs a towel you can stick your hand in with the towel without looking at the child no Mm -hmm. matter the age Mm -hmm. um so there are some things that you can do just to protect yourself um you in all reality if it looks bad with a child you don't want to be participating in it so if it's something that may be mistaken stay away from it that's going to be your best bet
3: okay so like in our house you know we're very free about nudity and granted we don't have any step you know um parents and step kids but um like where do you delineate Um, that this is a normal family situation and this is a sex act. Is it just something you have to personally know yourself? Like I feel this temptation, so I am going to avoid this entirely, you know, versus this is just
2: healthy. Um, So I think um, part of that is um, what is, what is okay socially. So, yeah, there are families who are a little more open. There's uh, nudists um, yeah, who true. are just naked all the time. Um, and if there's zero sexuality with that uh, nudity, it's probably not the biggest deal in the world, right? Um, but um, uh, I know Brady had mentioned with the um, uh, sex uh, or the nudist. At the nudist colony. Uh, colony, yes. yes or
1: I, I don't think they prefer colony anymore. The yeah. resort. Resort. So resort. Sorry,
2: sure. my bad. Um, how at a certain age they seem to stop. Yeah. Um, And I don't know if that was like the kids being like, "Ooh, gross. Like this is weird now. Or if like it was a parent thing. But like during like adolescence and, you know, as kids start hitting puberty, like that gets a little bit more dicey in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that, you know, the kids who were the adolescents weren't there makes complete sense to me. I was yeah. under the
1: impression it was a decision that the kids had made. Like and the parents be. were, were more than well, well, yeah. you know, willing to have them come with them, but it was, you know, their call. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's a
3: really awkward time. And I know like my son, he's 14, you know, there, yeah, at some point, I think probably when he started growing body hair, <laughs> he, he became a lot more private, but like this last weekend, we all shared a hotel room together we went on vacation. So we were all just kind of naked in front of each other at certain points on the vacation. When we were showering or changing or whatever. Um, so that's why I was asking about that. Cause like it does felt like normal to me. Um, well, but for someone else it might feel sexual. sexual.
2: Yeah. And, well, and keeping in mind that um, the majority of perpetrators are people that you know and trust, uh, meaning just because um, you're comfortable being nude around them and you're comfortable with them being nude around your family or whatever does not mean that they are a safe person necessarily. Yeah, it's a good um, point. A lot of people have these dark urges and they're not talking about it because they know that it's socially unacceptable. Mm-hmm. They know th- what the consequences are for you when having those thoughts. And mm-hmm. so they don't talk about it.
0: And differentiating that with your kids, too. Like, oh, you know, just because we hang out at our house a little bit more um, open or whatever that yeah. looks like. But you may go over to a friend's house and it might be very, very different. You know, mm-hmm. just being aware that what's this? What does that look like? I, you know, we're always talking about like our relationship. Relationships look different. And this is going to be different than other people that you have will go meet in at their house and stuff. And always seeing that. I made a joke that I totally was, like, mm, not okay as a parent. Because, like, you know, my kids are a little bit younger, and but they do know what sex is. And um, Justin and I were both, like, hey, we're going upstairs. Because the kids were downstairs in the kitchen or something. And I was, like, we're going upstairs. And we really were just going upstairs to lay down. Like, it had been a really long day. And, I was, and they were, like, what are you guys doing? I was, like, we're going to have sex. Leave us alone. And I was, like, oh, yeah, maybe not. I shouldn't have said that. Because I was, like. <laughs> what if they're going to be like go to their friends they're like yeah my mom and dad tell us to stay downstairs they can have sex all the time and i'm like i gotta just they're just too young to differentiate like that was a joke for a joke and then and uh, yes and it totally could be used as an inappropriate um way to say how normal and how uh, like i don't I, i don't know but i realized that like it could definitely be like not okay
2: Um, And on that same uh, note there, um, having that open communication with kids, um, obviously our best um, way to stop continuing uh, creating pedophiles is through um, communication, prevention. So, um, So that starts young. So it's talking about kids and sex and what personal sexual boundaries are. And that it's okay to tell an adult if somebody breaks those boundaries. And that includes even mom and dad and having that conversation to say, hey, if I do something that it goes across these lines, or if dad does something that goes across these lines, um, or another partner does something that goes across these lines, and you're not comfortable coming to us, this, who are some people that, who, who are adults that you can go to? Talk mm-hmm. to them about, you know, talking to their teachers, have them talk to grandparents, whatever... Um, works in that particular situation to say um, even if I do something you need to report this because it's not okay yeah
0: and how and how what do you say and it's never you're in trouble Mm -hmm. when you say something right Um, and definitely if anyone ever says anything and how you react Um, so we kind of talked a little bit about the therapies that are there for um, perpetrators any therapy specifically for people who have been victims of pedophilia, anything like that could help that break this cycle or
2: trauma focused therapies. Trauma-focused. Um, so there's prolonged exposure, which isn't my personal favorite, but it's out there. Um, EMDR. Um, there's can you uh, explain what EMDR is? I move into sensitization and reprocessing. It uses bilateral stimulation. So both sides of the body being stimulated, um, to stimulate, um, what we believe is the same part of the brain in the process that happens during REM or dream sleep. And then, um, you're able to process through things like you would, um, like when you process a normal day, when you normally sleep, mm-hmm. um, and so, um, so that, that's another one. There's um, lots of different trauma treatments, but um, EMDR is definitely my favorite. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel it's less intrusive, and it tends to get to the core a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, so what,
0: you know, when you were working with that pedophile and then you were like, I wanted to reach over and beat the shit out of him. Or he wasn't it.
2: even a pedophile, but he was
0: a, a violent rapist. Okay. There you go. Yeah. How do you professionally separate that hat? Because obviously, you know, that's hard.
2: I had to remind myself over and over that if I reached over and beat the shit out of him, that I would lose my license. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know that um, I had some body, bodily signs that were, you know, giving me away but i just had to like continue breathing and just remind myself like this is my job this is what i do um and just go along with it um i'm there for the client like after the fact i processed um my own issues that came up with that but in that moment i'm there for the client and it doesn't matter what i think
3: how many sexual offenders have you worked with
2: um, only a handful I mostly work with um, with victims and survivors okay so I did a lot of court order treatment but most of it wasn't sexual offenses okay. Um. so another uh, thing that Mike had mentioned was that three percent of people uh, re-perpetrate is all. Um. so as far as pedophilia that is absolutely not true um, I, I think he was talking about sex offenders in general, okay. which would, in, would count, you know, peeing in public and things like that. Gotcha. Um, so for pedophiles, unfortunately, um, they think it's probably about, uh, so, you know, obviously it depends on the year or whatever, but th- they think it's reaching around 50% that are getting caught for reoffending. So that means that that number is likely a lot higher because um, they learn how not to get caught. Not only that, but people tend like, especially like little kids tend to not report. Report. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it tends to be really, really hard to even persecute, uh, prosecute. Sorry. Um, And so um, likely that number is a lot higher. Um, And so it's really really shitty um, we've got a really big issue that we don't have a solution for um, I would hope that there are people out there who are working with offenders who are actively um, trying to figure out new modalities to work with these people um, my best bet would still be to work um, if they have history of a trauma to still work through that trauma um, as well as some cognitive behavioral therapy, um, to work with some of the more, um, uh, I don't even want to say minor offenses, but, uh, smaller offenses for the non, uh, uh, predatory
0: offenders. Yeah.
2: Um, the ones who are, you know, really aggressive about it, like just want to perpetrate, um, for, th- for those people, I think um, doing some CBT can be helpful, and doing some EMDR or other trauma work can be helpful to deal with some of those past issues. Um, but yeah, right now we just we don't have a good answer, and it's really unfortunate. So uh, our biggest thing would be to focus on uh, preventative measures.
0: Is there any behaviors that they do have in common, so like perpetrators Um, anything, you know, obviously there's grooming, there's things to talk to your kids about, X, Y, Z, tricky people. Um, But for that person, when you were having us kind of close our eyes and think of that, you know, I'm sure everyone goes through or I remember growing up and there was a a dad in our neighborhood who got caught with child porn and it was this huge thing. Um, And everyone was like, oh, he could never do that. He's, you know, so prominent in our community and all sorts of things and I was like he was a fucking creep what are you guys talking about but I felt like I was maybe the only
2: person that thought um so it's really easy to close our eyes to some of those types of behaviors um and I'd really encourage you if you find anything that's a little bit off like go with your intuition because we have intuition for a reason um but um yeah, there there can definitely be some grooming behaviors. Um, addiction tends to run really high in um, perpetrators, um, as well as um, antisocial personality in, in our uh, predatory um, perpetrators.
3: And what does an antisocial personality look like?
2: Um, so th- these are people who do not care about the law. These are people who... Um, who might seem very charismatic which might trick a lot of people um but they feel zero to no remorse if they have remorse it's likely remorse for getting caught
3: yeah
0: so typically charismatic um any other behaviors that maybe aren't ones that you'd think of right away or you know and I think it's a lot of once people find out that someone's been charged, they're like, "Oh yeah, I saw this and I saw that," but you really don't think about it until after the fact. Um, and I don't also want to be looking at everyone and be like, "Oh no, that guy itched his left foot. He's probably a predator." You know, like I'm just <laughs> saying something super random. But really, like it's just kind of something to watch out for. And when you're starting to see a pattern and little things, that you're like, "Oh, okay. I'm just gonna make sure I, I,
2: you know." put up some guards and i'm a little more careful around you so in in general um being careful around um having your kids around adults in general um can be helpful obviously you don't want to be like nobody touch my kid Um, (laughs) (laughs) like you can't ever babysit you can't ever do that like like we're adults we have lives too like we need some breaks and things like that um but um making sure to reiterate those things with your kids if um if you do see anything that is a little bit hinky don't ignore it Mm -hmm. don't ignore it so uncle joe um goes into the bathroom while the kids in the shower um like, that's something to be paying attention to. Like, even if it's just a hand off a towel or something. Yeah. And maybe he stands there for a second too long looking at the child. Yeah. Um, and things like that. Um, and really, um, again, we're talking about pedophilia. So, like, we're not talking about any of those minor sexual offenses that might come from, like, The fact that you don't care if people are looking while you pee outside or things like that. We're talking about actual offenders. Um, we're talking about actual um, offenders what, what did of you children. Say? Fucking in the park. Oh,
1: okay. I, I heard something different. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think we've all done that.
2: I know.
0: That's why I was like, oh,
2: shit. I'm going to get caught. Yes. Don't do that in front of kids in the park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, make Specifically sure Specifically not in front of kids. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how
1: specific you are. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> I mean, like, like Pamela said, we've all been there, right?
1: It's... It's kind of like, I mean, I don't want to step on the, I don't want to so <laughs> step on the, uh, <laughs> the swings are amazing. <laughs> the merry-go-round, let me tell you. Anyways, um, it's, uh, I always get, I always get kind of nervous as a guy because I I always worry, like, if I show interest in someone's kids and it's like a genuine interest, like, oh yeah, I'll play that video game with you or I'll do whatever. Then I'm always like, oh wait, like, did I just come off as a pedo? Like, there's always that concern that like did i
2: unfortunately you can and that's really really unfortunate because if you're if you just generally like you know bringing joy to kids um then you very well could be categorized like that um yeah so
1: i'm always super careful about it like the neighbor's daughters are not allowed to come inside the house unless there's more than one of them Right like, or yeah,
2: you know, having another adult in the house. Like, exactly. unfortunately, there are those perpetrators who, um, perpetrate together, but it's not nearly as common. And so, if there's at least one other adult around, it's Someone less likely who can to vouch happen for you, mm-hmm. right? right but and so, like, if your wife's home, like, it's probably okay that she comes inside as long as um, your wife is around to kind of keep an eye on things. Uh, And like that's sad to say. Sure. Um,
1: Well, no, but I mean, I have uh, have to cover my bases too, Mm -hmm. because I mean, there there is also the potential for like false reporting as well,
2: right? Or just
3: things being misinterpreted. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. 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 Like yeah, I mean that actually happened to my father-in-law that um, there was some woman who was out to get him, and she convinced the entire community that he was a pedophile, and he wasn't. Yeah. So So it's just like that
1: imagining. That imagining exercise mm-hmm. that we just did, if, if it's someone that you love, you're like, now, wait a minute. Did they really do it? Yeah. But if you're picturing someone else, you're like, oh, what did this pervert do? Right. Now, that yeah. being
2: said, like, if your kid comes to you and says that something's happened, believe them. Oh, I don't 100%. care how outlandish sure. it sounds, believe them. Yeah. If it's not true, it's probably going to come out later. Um, but just believe them. If they say anything that is off color at all mm-hmm. about another adult... Um, or even another kid. Yeah. I oh, yeah. Share experience.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, my kids, when I was very first going to school, uh, my youngest was maybe two when I started going. Um, and our babysitter. So this was maybe one, two, three hours a week that they'd actually go to the babysitter's house. And it was always during the day. But, like, sometimes, you know, on the holidays when they're home from school or whatever, she had a, a teen son. And he would always play with the kids all the time. And I was like, oh, that's really sweet that, like, he helps his mom. One time I came to pick her up, my my youngest, and he was, like, had her tackled on the ground, like, tickling her. And she was, like, actually saying, stop. Like, you could tell she was not. And I was like, yeah, no.
1: Mm-mm. Not okay. They never
0: went back. Because I'm like, how easy is that behavior? Someone's telling you no. And she is so young. She can't fight you off. And I don't want her to think that that's okay, that because he's an adult and that he's the babysitter's son, it's okay. So I just kind of, you know, slowly made excuses that we don't. And I never brought it up to the mom because I'm like, it was so innocent.
3: But the mom really should have known. So the, we had, like, my, my daughter had a childhood friend who has turned out to be a pedophile. And he never, according to her, her like he he never perpetrated anything against her but um but he did against other kids that were a little bit younger than them that they hung around and you know like the mom just refuses to see it refuses and um these these girls that um he did act out against uh, or have gone through like just horrible horrible trauma and um, you know are exhibiting all of those behaviors that you expect and you know it's it's awful um, I think other parents though I mean th- they all need to know whether they're willing to accept it or not that's on them but I think it's on us to report to them mm-hmm. and say hey we see something up with your kid
2: yeah. yeah well and with Mariah's case it wasn't actually anything sexual yet or anything right, like right. that it was definitely pushing some boundaries and it, like if somebody right. says and no and I'm not saying need she should say no yeah I'm not um, saying she should have said hey your yeah. kid's a pedophile but
3: just right. hey I saw this behavior that was inappropriate mm-hmm.
2: yeah but if if we are able to just kind of notate some of those behaviors then um if it continues to be a pattern then we know that that's you know an issue mm-hmm. already it might not blind sign somebody so much they might be able to get them help before they actually perpetrate which is the whole point yeah Um, and
3: I've had other people in my family who, Mm -hmm. um, were victimized by other kids that were just like, you know, a couple, you know, the, the family member was like maybe two or three at the time and the kid that, uh, um, the kids that hurt this family member were only a couple of years older. Mm-hmm. And so just keeping your eye out for that, yeah. too. Like, don't leave kids alone, especially if, like, these particular kids had a, a history of foster care and that yeah. sort of thing. So.
2: Absolutely. Um, so real quick, I did just want to go over, like, consent laws for the state of Utah. Obviously, they're different state by state. Um, but for the state of Utah, um, a 14- and 15-year-old can cons- consent um, women. 14 to 15 year old women can consent up to 3 years older than them so that means a 14 year old um, can, can have sex with a 17 year old no problem a 15 year old and 18 year old with no problem <laughs> um,
0: unless you're you know Justin's daughter He'll
2: beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you you, 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 might, you might you might not get in trouble with a lot. You might get in other trouble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's um, why I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so 16 and 17-year-old women can consent up to 10 fucking years. 10? Yes.
1: So a 16-year-old girl legally can have sex with a 26-year-old in this state Well, a 25-year-old. Or 25-year-old.
2: Yeah. Which is just horrible. And it sounds like... Um, Uh, California may have just I saw some things on Facebook or whatever that California may have passed a similar law like everybody's all pissed off guess what Utah's been doing it for years so it used to be seven it looks like they popped it up to ten don't know when that happened but um, and the consent laws are different for men males cannot consent until 18 years old (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> so I don't know why that's do,
2: so, do, do they get pr- so Do they get in trouble um, You know
1: Does a 14 like year old girl go to jail For having sex with a 17 year old boy then No Because he can't consent
2: Well true That's a really um, good that's question why I was are, are they going to perpet- so or Are they going to prosecute liar. them No Wait, um, so, yeah. well, well, it's, there, it's, there has been those things though There's been like uh, kids uh, Sexting um, and they've, they have had to like figure out like a 13 year old, a 13 year old, they can't, they can't consent period, but they're sexting each other naked pictures or whatever. Oh yeah. So um, they're both in trouble. They, how does that they work? They could be, they could be. So um, what pers- likely are they going to, are they going to be prosecuted? No. Right. But right. that is still technically child porn. So could they get in trouble for um, distributing child porn? Absolutely.
1: Wow. Which is a felony, right?
2: Which is a felony. Yeah. Wow. Uh, um, what
3: percentage of perpetrators are women?
2: It's a lot less. So especially with, um, with the um, predatory um, behaviors, that is mostly males. Um, so you see it a lot less with females, but it doesn't mean it's non-existent. Um, I don't know what the difference is besides yeah. maybe just the estrogen levels since that's what they use to chemically castrate males. Mm. um and that's the only thing off the top of my head that i can think of um but yeah
1: Kinda that's an sense. interesting like i want to talk to a lawyer about that <laughs> i about
2: mean about i don't kids? think i
1: don't think that they're going to prosecute the young so, woman
2: so so there so there was at one point there was uh two i think it was 13 year olds and they were sexting each other and they actually like there was a big deal over it. it was like in the news and shit about um, the news and <laughs> shit <laughs> about like what they're gonna do with these kids and they like it
0: they were getting
2: ready to persecute per- pro- i keep prosecute. saying the wrong prosecute. Way, prosecute them um and it sounds like it ended up like they decided to like drop it or whatever was But the state was well, prosecuting God, so. Against that, both of them That is ridiculous And, like, and I think I it mean, was like an example thing Like we're, we'll show you
3: And how humiliating for them And how traumatic mm-hmm. You know that they're, they're just going to be so shamed For the rest of right. their lives About having sexual feelings For right. a peer Well and yeah.
2: Getting back to like the um, Things you can do Like having those healthy conversations ra- Around sex with your kids um, talking to them about like what is okay and what is not okay and and what consent actually is why aren't we prosecuting the parents that aren't having these talks with kids <laughs> i wish <laughs> i really wish yeah. um and the guilt shaming That's around terrible. sex that causes right. so many mental health issues right. um, i
3: mean why aren't we yeah. institutionalizing healthy sex education i, I mean i i it is
2: because of the um, very conservative um, area that we're in. There's a lot of LDS people who think that if they uh, close, or sorry, Latter-day Saints, who, uh, if You they can say close Mormon on this okay. podcast. <laughs> 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 um, so these, these people, and it's not even just here. It's a lot of the religious states who are like if we don't talk about it it's not an issue which is could it couldn't be further from the truth couldn't be further from the truth no i just it brings guilt and shame and makes it so that we we can't talk about it Um, and we can't
3: have a healthy relationship with sex
2: right um i was when i was young i actually was perpetrated on and I remember I waited hours to tell my mom. And then I got yelled at by my mom because I didn't tell her. And all the neighborhood kids had already told their parents that, that this had happened to them. And I got yelled at. And I, di- I, I didn't even know what sex was. Aww. So I didn't even know what it was. And I was getting yelled at. Aww, honey. Because I yeah. didn't tell my mom. Yeah. So, like... It, and I grew up I grew up Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, yeah, I... I grew up with that, that sex shame and guilt and you never talked about it. Yeah. Um, And I sit and watch people. Yes. And I sit and watch people and um, I have client after client come in with this guilt around sex Mm -hmm. and men will be like, I think my wife's a lesbian. No, she's not. She's, she's just been guilt shamed around sex. So she doesn't want it.
1: Yeah. You hear that, men? If you get rid of religion, you can plan <laughs> on a better future for your sex lives. <laughs> so let's get on this.
2: In the patriarchy. <coughs> <coughs> okay. So have have open, honest conversations about sex and about healthy boundaries and that open communication that your kids can come talk to, you and that's going to help so much with the perpetration.
3: Yeah.
0: And not even, yeah, not even perpetration, just a healthy sex. A healthy sex anything. attitude it's important in important for everyone, yeah. 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 Don't mm-hmm. make this, I don't want to use fear, you know, to make you have that sex talk with your kid. Because <laughs> you're going to go into it and this <laughs> bad. <thing. laughs> if you don't have the sex talk, your kid's going to, you know, be a victim of pedophilia or whatever. But we are saying, like, we can avoid so much. Absolutely. All the negative
3: things, not mm-hmm. all the negative things.
2: But lots of negative not things lots around of ne- sex by having yeah. talks. Yeah. yeah. Agreed.
3: Well, thank you, Kyla, so much for joining us today. It was super informative and helpful. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: If anybody would like to get on the com- in on the conversation and maybe ask questions for a potential follow-up episode, they can find us at uh, <laughs> SaltySexCast salty at gmail.com. I almost just dropped the...
0: We are produced by the Nova Dodge Studios.
1: At gmail.com. <laughs> but you can find the Salty Sex team on Twitter at SaltySexCast cast mm-hmm. And then on Facebook as well. Facebook? Mm-hmm. I don't know the address for that. at
3: Salty Face Sex Cast?
0: Facebook. Search Salty Sex Cast. We are the <laughs> we only up with it.
3: that name. <laughs> <laughs> and please support us on Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash salty sex cast. And if you get on there and become a patron for only $5, you can. Get all of our episodes early and for $10 a month, you can um, watch us on video. Hi, patrons. Hey, patrons. Um, so please, h- please help us out. All that money goes back into the studio and into making this podcast happen.
0: Yeah. We don't take any of that home. It no. just gets put back into it. and We love it. Yeah. It's
3: fun. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening guys. And don't forget to stay sexy and salty. Bye. Bye. Puberty. Well, puberty's a lot of things. Here's the penis.
1: When you hear about it first, it sounds very strange.
3: Oh, if it really bothers you, you should see a doctor. Then at puberty, certain glands begin to work, and our bodies begin
0: to change. It enlarges the penis itself.
3: And there's a center opening between those two, which is called the vagina.
1: The sex
0: education you wish you had in high school.
3: Maybe a diagram will help.